you be targeting Ravens running backs with no Kevin Stixon? How far should you bump Jordan Reed on your draft boards? And we take a look back into Dynasty with August just around the corner. Plus, Roto World Senior Football Editor Evan Silva is here to recap his pros versus Joe's draft from this week and offer his thoughts on Sammy Watkins, Doug Martin, and more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Falkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Thinking of a master plan. Cause ain't nothing but sweat inside my hands So I dig into my pocket, all my money spent So I just deep up, still coming up with lint So I start my mission, leave my residence Thinking how could I get some dead presidents I need money, I used to be a stick-up kid So I think of all the devious things I did I used to roll up, this is a hole up, ain't nothing funny, stop smiling, you still don't nothing move but the money, but now I learn that broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet, it's the high stakes fantasy football hour presented by myffpc.com, with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak, the high stakes fantasy football hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. I don't like to dream about getting paid, so I dig into the books of the rhymes that I made. Thanks a lot, Salutations, all you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, what running back you should be looking at in the Giants' backfield, what NFC South receiver is due for a breakout, and Evan Silva, the senior football editor for Roto World, drops in to talk about his pros versus Joe's draft, why he likes Terrell Pryor, and much, much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. However, if you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFHour, at Eric Falkman, or at David Gerzak. Uh, this evening, of course, Evan Silva is on uh, Twitter, at Evan Silva, and Roto World is on Twitter, at Roto World. Uh, you can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HSFFHour. If you want to chime in and talk with us, give us a call at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. Uh, you can also email the show at the inbox at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. We'll try to get to all of our chat room questions, tweets, and emails in fantasy feedback later on in the show. A lot of stuff to get into tonight. Very exciting night that we get uh, not only uh, one of the biggest names in the industry out there as far as fantasy analysts go, but a guy who actually just drafted his pros versus Joe's draft and a guy who had a very compelling pros versus Joe's draft did something, Dave, that I've never seen before, waiting on RB2 until round 14. We're going to talk to him about that. Well, yeah, you know what? I forgot all about that whole thing. How did you forget about it? It just happened a few days ago. Oh, you're talking about the waiting on a running back thing. Ah, not his whole draft. I, I, well, I'll, I'll start. I'll start remembering it. It all come back to you once we start going. Yeah, he's yeah. the guy who waited on a running back too. Okay. Yes, I got exactly. You. All right, I'll check it out. I want to remind everybody to register for uh, your rooms at Planet Hollywood and make sure you get in at the FFPC main event if you haven't already. Uh, 1.7 million dollar prize pool, and uh, you can definitely still jump in. More teams are being sold every day, and uh, tw- uh, ten or twenty different draft times to choose from as well. Check that out at myffpc.com, where you can also register for high-stakes leagues, dynasty startups, uh, best balls, one with 100% payout uh, for uh, the be- uh, um, double ups, excuse me, 
Classic, super flexes, a ton of stuff. Bulky, you obviously cannot take off a jacket and talk at the same time. And you know what else? I, I just need a break, so we are going to take our first break here. When we come back, we're going to have Evan Silva right after this. You're listening to the HSFFO right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman and the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. My sweatshirt is off now, so Dave, I can actually do two. You know, people always said, my wife says uh, to me all the time, you can't do two things at once. Just perfect example of me not being able to do two things at once. Uh, one, your flat room cap. Thank you very much. Well, listen, I, I certainly, I, <laughs> I certainly appreciate that. I um. What does that say Zephyr? Yeah, Zephyr. Zephyr hats. Zhats.com. Check it out. <laughs> Cool. This, is, this is actually owned. Uh, yeah, it's actually pretty cool. I don't know. I it's like... actually uh, owned uh, by an FFPC player, this company. Really? Yeah, so you can check that out at zhats.com. I actually, I actually like it. zhats.com. Yes. Or, what is that? Five-letter domain name. That's pretty impressive. Yes. Yeah, well, there's not. No, no dashes on any crap? No dashes. This wow. is just. In fact, it's right on the brim. Look at the brim. zhats.com. It's right on there. Well, you know, if they have to multiple domain on the brim, I don't am know. Am I not know. wearing it high enough? Should I perch it up higher? <laughs> it's, it's all like. Faded out and well, it's, that's cork. This is a cork. This is cork right here. The cork brim. Yeah, cork brim. Wow. Well, it's, it's it's very cool. This is great radio. This is hold on. You guys, are you all seeing this? Speaking of great radio, Dave, uh, if you go to rotaviz.com/podcast, there's a new high stakes lowdown out this week. Zach Jaros, uh, Shane Gray, and Nelson Sousa all on this week's high stakes lowdown. Uh, interesting because Zach Jaros and Shane Gray will be drafting in the Pros versus Joes, which you can listen to Sunday night. Uh, right here at 8, 7 Central, HSFF Hour. Uh, we will be broadcasting two hours. Uh, I'll tell you who's all participating in that at the end of the program, but that's when our next episode will be. Zach and Shane will be part of that. They talked about their strategy there. Uh, had an interesting bit of research that they did in order to, um, in order to uh, um, prepare for this draft as well. Um, so it's, it's a good listen. Nelson Seuss is on there. Check out rotaviz.com slash podcast. I know you already listened to it several times. Excellent. Excellent work, Balky. Well, thank you very much. You really bring the A game for that one. Well, that's what they tell me. Uh, Evan Silva is, uh, is coming up here shortly. Before I bring him on, Dave, a lot of news going around the NFL that I think uh, it's important to get to. Uh, and uh, I do want to thank Football Guys, Roto World, and Draft Sharks for, and, of course, Rob, our mutual friend and producer, uh, as well as Bryce, our audio engineer, who are getting all your questions to us. Uh, right as we speak, but Rob also helped prepare this rundown. Uh, big news this week in the Baltimore backfield, Kenneth Dixon is actually going to be sidelined for the uh, regular season after undergoing surgery on his uh, MCL. I also, I also heard it was reported as a meniscus repair. It was not a trim. It was a repair, which is going to knock him out. You know what? Speaking of meniscus, Alex, um, my partner, he just got a meniscus repair done. He, however, will be... Uh, oh, is that what it was? Meniscus? Yeah. Or else? The yeah, prognosticator. He, yeah, he just had it done on Monday, and he was back up on his feet Tuesday. And he will be at the main event, no no injuries, no limitations. So he's he's in good shape. Unlike that guy, he's coming back right away. <laughs> well, well, he's also not taking the pounding of an NFL Whatever, Ball, well. you just move on. All right, he's I'll more of a man than this. So, so, okay, so Kenneth Dixon, obviously out for the rest of this season. Uh, you're not going to be looking at uh, at him to help you in, in the main event or in football, guys. Um Six to eight weeks was the original time frame. Now it's going to be four to five months. Terrence West slides in as the starter, which he was going to be for the first four games of the season anyway because Dixon was suspended. So does that suspension count now at the end? I was going to ask you that. I don't know how that works. Rob, you should, what they I, should have I done. Think, I, don't, I don't think it counts. Don't announce. to come back yeah. and then still get suspended. Don't announce the injury. Have him, you know, just serve the suspension. Oh, by the way, he's not going to be able to come back. 
I think that would be against some sort of rules. Uh, they might they probably have to forfeit like a third round pick or something. Uh, might it might even be higher than that. So my question is, if it was the Patriots, would be a first round pick. If it was the Patriots, it'd be a lot more than that. Just, oh, this is the Ravens. You know that you know they're in with with uh, Goodall, so they wouldn't even probably get a penalty. They'd probably be like, "Look, guys, um, don't do it again." <laughs> hey guys, we're just gonna look the other way. There's only so many other ways we can look because they've been looking the other way for so many years. So true. Uh, so what does this do for Terrence West? Uh, does this give him uh, any more attractiveness as far as uh, as far as uh, redraft goes for you, or are you just kind of like where you could – yeah, I know you were kind of off him to begin with, but now what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really care for him. I still don't think he's all that talented, but if, they're not, if they don't bring in any other running back at all and he's the first and second all back, you have to take a look at him for sure. It doesn't do anything for Woodhead, in your opinion. Woodhead was – this this injury – I mean, if anything, it helps him, but marginally, right? Yeah, probably, but, if, you know, if um, if West is proven ineffective, Woodhead might play more more regular downs. I, th- I think it's I think it's a, a significant, not a, a solid boost, maybe not significant. A solid boost as well. Our show's about to get a solid boost, and I want to bring in tonight's guest. Uh, he's the senior football editor for RotoWorld.com, also contributes to NBC Sports, Pro Football Talk, and the Fantasy Feast Eaten with Ross Tucker podcast. You saw him draft his team live on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour this past Monday, and he's here to share his thoughts on that and much more. You can follow him on Twitter, at Evan Silva. Please welcome into the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, Mr. Evan Silva. Evan, thanks uh, for joining the show tonight, man. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I've listened to your uh, live broadcast of the Pros vs. Joes the last few seasons. Listen to um, even shows that, you know, where I was not drafting. I just love, love to hear all the different high stakes players chime in and, you know, some of the pros uh, chime in. And I think you guys have a great show, so thanks so much for having me on. Well, thank you so much. We certainly appreciate that. Uh, it's it's wonderful uh, to not only uh, have you on, but to be able to discuss this draft with you, which we're going to get to in a second. But I think a lot of the listeners out there, I would want to know sort of how you got started in the uh, in in the football industry and how you've made it to where you're at with Roto World NBC today. And actually, tell us a little bit if you if you majored in like English or you know or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, read, there was some writing in your background. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I majored. I went to uh, Marquette, which you guys are Wisconsin guys, right? Well, yeah, yeah, Marquette, sure baby. Yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer's hometown, yeah. right there. Yeah, a few, a few blocks away. Yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer and Evan Silva. <laughs> Only I, you know what, I actually spent one semester right. in Marquette. So, so Evan, you went to Marquette. What did you study there? Yeah, I studied political science and philosophy, and uh, my plan was to go to law school. But when I was done with Marquette. I kind of just didn't want to go to school anymore. And to make a long story short, I had always read Roto World. And um, I just loved Roto World. I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. I actually used to read it mostly for the baseball blurbs, which were done with by Matthew Pouliot, who's a fantasy, football, or a fantasy sports hall of famer. Um, nobody really knows who he is, but he's just he's an incredible mind. I, I had the opportunity to meet him a couple of years ago at a fantasy conference. And, um, just the most humble guy that you will ever uh, encounter. But and in, in, like he, you know, he read like Bill James, and he had an idea on of how to like forecast, how to make forecasts on players. And in uh, in 2006, after I graduated from Marquette, I was able to just kind of grab the attention of Greg Rosenthal uh, and showing showed him that I was someone who had a lot of passion for writing and for writing about sports and football, and I worked for free. Um, for an entire off season and Roto world hired me for that first season for something like 500 bucks a week. 
And then uh, we caught some breaks along the way because NBC bought Roto-World. And Greg Rosenthal became much more in demand, and he wrote for ProFootballTalk.com. And then he eventually moved on to NFL.com, and that left a lot of responsibility for me. And so here we are today, and Greg is running the Around the NFL podcast and the uh, Around the NFL blog on on NFL.com, and I'm still grinding at Roto World. It's been an, an awful lot of fun, uh, and it's been about a, about 10 years, and it, it has kind of fl- flown by. That's really crazy. Yeah, it's it's a it's a long winding path, but you've certainly done a good job at the Roto World, my friend. Dave, go ahead and uh, get into some. Uh, some analysis here on the pros versus Joe's draft. Yeah, like I always say, I love reading all your articles. They're, yeah. they're long. I know. I always, Thanks, Dave. I don't want to praise Thanks, you too dude. much, but they're great. I love them. Anyway, so um, we saw your draft Monday night, and uh, the question in everybody's minds, well, yours was the most noteworthy draft. I, I would say uh, for that for <laughs> Monday night, for sure, that that was the one that yeah. had everybody buzzing. And, and not, not mm-hmm. to say that like everybody thought, oh, this was terrible. Or there were a lot of people that said, like, oh, this is an interesting way to attack it, for sure. Yeah, I, actually, I mean, I actually, in the end, I yeah, really liked it. we talked about how we liked yeah. it. So um, you wait until the 14th round to, to draft the second running back. So well, what happened? <laughs> so entering the draft, I tried to think to myself, what, if any, edges I bring to the table over my competition in a draft like this, because it's really stiff competition, uh, especially the draft that, that I partook in. And I thought that one of the edges was probably my knowledge of depth charts, like the bottom of depth charts and guys who can maybe maybe ascend, because it's something I really pay close attention to. And I'm not sure that everyone else does it quite as closely, at least to the extent that I do, because it's a full-time job for me and personnel and depth charts have always been something that really appealed to me even back when I was a little kid. So when I got the 1.02 pick, I knew I would get David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell. And I thought that where I could apply this possible small edge about knowing depth charts pretty well to this draft. And so I decided pretty early on that I was going to wait on my second running back for basically as long as I possibly could and try to build strengths at all the other positions because I knew I'd have a strength in my RB1 slot, and I wanted strengths at tight end, at quarterback, and wide receiver. So there were a few super late-round running backs that I missed on, like Jacquez Rogers, that I really wanted, but I was still able to come away with Darren Sproles, who's been a top 28 PPR running back in each of his three years in Philly. Both of the Raiders change of pace backs, DeAndre Washington and Jalen Rashard, in a sort of bet against Marshawn Lynch, who hasn't been an effective NFL running back since 2014, and Shane Vereen, who was the RB26 in PPR leagues in 2015 before he dealt with a bunch of injuries last year. And he has really weak competition in general in the Giants' backfield in Paul Perkins and Wayne Gallman. And then I rounded it out with Jarek McKinnon and D'Angelo Williams, who were just kind of you know, super late-round dart throws. Um, but Evan, I, what, I don't, what I don't want to cut yeah. you off but- Evan, I'm sorry. We have to get to a break right now, but I want to keep talking oh, about God. this. I know it's terrible. This is the HSFFO on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The HSFFO rolls on here. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak chatting with RotoWorld.com's Evan Silva, senior editor for their football package over there. A lot of great stuff, Dave. You know I play all fantasy sports. I'm a big fan of baseball, big fan of basketball. RotoWorld's got it all. It's great. Now that we've ruined Evan's. Well, you know what, what Evan, this is great before the break that Evan was talking about waiting, wanting to, trying to use his knowledge of the depth charts in the NFL to his advantage mm-hmm. to try to make sure that you could uh, wait as long as you possibly could on RB2, uh, which I think you did a good job. And you were talking right before the break 
uh, about why you added Richard Washington to Vereen. Talk a little bit more about that uh, uh, Vereen pick there, why you think he might be a little bit undervalued. Yeah, again, he was the RB26 in PPR leagues in his first year with the Giants two seasons ago. He had some horrible injury luck last year. He tore his triceps twice, suffered a concussion. He was still really active when he played last season. He averaged 13 touches per game, and he played over 50% of the Giants' offensive snaps in his five appearances with one start. Vereen's ADP right now is in the 60s to 70s range in best ball leagues, and I think he's basically a lot to smash that in terms of like return on investment. And the fact that Paul Perkins and Wayne Goleman look pretty underwhelming uh, suggests to me that Vereen has a lot more upside than people think, especially in a Giants offense that is really built to feature the passing game after they signed Brandon Marshall and they drafted Evan Ingram in the first round. And, I mean, Shane Vereen, I think, is certainly their best passing game back, so it kind of fits the, fits the offense. Evan, you know, the other interesting aspect of your, um, uh, of your draft was going in the second, third round, um, going Greg Olson in the second, Jimmy Graham in the third. So, mm-hmm. obviously, with the tight end premium format, it makes sense. You saw two other teams in this draft take two elite tight ends right away, uh, just like you did. You knew that you would be taking either Bell or Johnson with the two pick, and then you were going to wait on, on your second running back. Did you also plan on taking those two elite tight ends early? Well, first of all, I really don't love the second, third round turn this year. It it makes things really tough because I like to draft at 1.01 or 1.02 to get David Johnson or Le'Veon. But then you have to come back and draft at the second, third round turn, and I think it's difficult. I mean, I would have taken DeMarco Murray there for sure. I would have taken Jordan Howard. I would have taken Jay Ajayi. But all those guys went before me, and I didn't love what was left for me near that second, third round turn. So I settled on just hammering tight end there with the tight end premium scoring so I could ideally save roster spots at that position. I wanted to draft three, not like five, which has been problematic for me in the past in this format and something that I wanted to avoid. Um, So I took Greg Olson and I took Jimmy Graham near that second, third round turn. And I think both of those guys have great shots at big years. And then I wrapped up my tight end position way later with Ben Watson, who I think is a pretty, pretty nice sleeper this year. Yeah. Watson was actually, He's one of the most picked up players in like the dynasty leagues that I see, like the oh, really? dynasty league where they yeah. talk about players being picked up. Well, remember, yeah, like he was he was pretty big coming into last season when he left New Orleans, yep. coming off that big year, uh, coming to Baltimore, and then he obviously had the Achilles injury right away, and he never got to see it. But now he joins a Baltimore offense where there's you know again a, a lot of open uh, openings for opportunity uh, for people to make a name for themselves there, and Watson certainly is a guy that uh, not a bad way Dave to spend a late round draft pick. Uh, in this draft. So we're going to beat this Kenneth Dixon crap news to death here. So here we go again. That's right. So please tell us, Evan, what round would you be good with drafting Danny Woodhead in an FFPC format now that we know that Kenneth Dixon is expected to miss the whole season? I think it's a really good question and one that I would have answered much more confidently two days ago before Joe Flacco was diagnosed with an injured disc in his back. And NFL Network reported that he could miss up to six weeks, which is, of course, week one. Um, and I think Flacco is the key to all this with, with Woodhead, with Jeremy Macklin, who I actually took in the pros versus Joe's draft. And I'm pretty excited about this year. If everything goes correctly, uh, people think of Flacco as a big arm deep ball quarterback, but he's been a check down machine, man. I mean, last year, Dennis Pitta led all NFL tight ends and catches. And if you combine Dennis Pitta and Kyle Juszczyk's 
receptions last year, they caught 123 passes combined. Those are targets that Woodhead and likely Ben Watson, who we discussed before, are going to inherit. And, and thinking back to Ray Rice, Flacco has always been a progression-reading quarterback who's been very willing to check down to his back when his receivers were covered. Colin Kaepernick, who yeah. the Ravens might have to sign if Flacco's injury proves serious, is not a progression-reading quarterback, and that's evident in how Frank Gore's catch totals fell off a cliff when Kaepernick took over in San Francisco, and Ryan Mallett is just terrible. So this is very much dependent on Joe Flacco. Let's say we know we're going to get, I don't know, 14 games out of Flacco. I think that Woodhead, with his PPR upside, and of course his age, he's 32, and his injury history all considered, I think he'd be worth a 6th to 7th round pick in an FFBC draft. That is an amazing, great answer. Yeah, okay, very. I, you know, I would just be like, eh, six. <laughs> well, that's, that's my analysis. Like, <laughs> analysis. <laughs> shows, he shows his work like a true pro, unlike you and I who just throw stuff against the wall to see what sticks. All right, let's give you another great question here. Well, we'll get a great answer. The question might not be so good. Yeah. So you had your pick of the litter of great fifth-round wide receivers in this draft, including Martavis Bryant, yeah. my man Tyree Kill, Jamison Crowder, Devontae Adams, Willie Seed, Crabtree, Emmanuel Sanders, and Stephon Diggs. But you took Terrell Pryor. Why did you take Pryor over all those other guys at 502? So this was maybe my hardest choice of the draft. I had just started off my run of six receivers. I ended up drafting six receivers in a row with Larry Fitzgerald, who's super consistent. I mean, he's going to give me six to eight catches pretty much every week. And so I wanted to go with a higher variance pick for my next receiver. And of all those wide receivers that were available – um, I think that Pryor might have the highest ceiling of them all. And I love all those receivers, by the way. But Pryor is a physical freak. He actually weighed in at six foot five, two forty, at his pro day coming out for the supplemental draft in 2011. He ran his 40-yard dash in the four threes. Um, he tried to play quarterback for a number, number of years in the NFL, and he just couldn't cut it. He wasn't a good enough passer. So he converts to wide receiver last year, and he goes over 1,000 yards on the Cleveland Browns. He had five different quarterbacks throwing him the ball. They completed under 60% of their passes combined. And now Pryor goes to a Washington offense that lost to Sean Jackson and Pierre Garçon and offers a ton of opportunity and ranked seventh in the NFL in pass attempts last year. And whereas last year's Browns quarterbacks couldn't reach 60% completion rate, Kirk Cousins has completed almost 70% of his passes the past two seasons. And Pryor and Cousins worked out together this offseason. Pryor also worked out with Antonio Brown and Randy Moss. So I like Terrell Pryor from a data-driven standpoint, and I also like him from a narrative standpoint because I'm legitimately buying that he wants to be great, and I'm buying him from an upside standpoint. And that's what I was looking for after making Larry Fitzgerald my wide receiver one. That totally makes sense. Uh, and plus, Pryor's on that one-year contract, too, so that always, that always, that always makes a big difference. And so is Kirk Cousins. Is they're, they're, they're in this together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the hookup contract here, Dave. You know a ton about these guys, so let me give you a little trivia question. How many years' age difference is Terrell Pryor with, uh, and Des Bryant? Uh, without looking it up, I would guess about a year and a half. It's Actually, it's six months, and right now they're both the same age technically. Okay. So zero is the answer right now. That's crazy. That's because that's we were just, you know, now, that's one of the least important yeah. things that you should have to know. Right. So, uh, thank you for all the other information. And now, Valky, yeah, well, a legitimately decent Well, question. I do have a legitimate decent question. But before that, uh, Evan, I want to ask you just the strategy of pros versus Joes. How much did it play into this prior pick knowing that, okay, look, I'm either – if I finish second or 
sec- anywhere between two and 12, I get the same prize. I got to finish first in order to win the 2018 FFPC main event team. So you look at prior, was it a, a matter of not only the upside that he pre- presented, the, the physical freakness, uh, I guess you could say, that you brought up uh, that prior has, uh, but maybe the potential of the unknown. Uh, as you look at the rest of these guys, we kind of already saw what they did with their teams uh, at, at least mm-hmm. last year or the year before. Pryor is the only one of these guys in a brand-new situation uh, who is still, you know, you would think uh, on the crescendo, like still going up in his career. How much did that play into the pick that you went with Pryor over those other guys? Yeah, that pick actually came down to Stefan Diggs and Terrell Pryor. And I think that Terrell Pryor has more upside. So, I mean, 100%. We uh, were talking with Evan Silva from rotoworld.com, the uh, senior football editor there. You can check out all his stuff at rotoworld.com as well as at Evan Silva on Twitter. Let's talk a little bit about Doug Martin here, Evan, because this is a guy that um, I, would, I would say he's entering the polarizing um, category here as we you know, get into the season uh, where we're trying mm-hmm. to decide how we feel about certain players. Um, now, you look at Martin, he's going at the 701, in, or he went at the 701 in your pros versus Joe's draft. Is that a good spot for him? Um, it seems like we're, we're getting more and more positive news about Martin every single day. What's your opinion on him this season? Yeah, I mean, he sort of falls, for me, into this middle-round running back category where I don't want anything to do with those guys, and that was kind of reflected in my draft where I just took Le'Veon and then waited until the 14th round to take another running back. Um, I think that one of these middle-round running backs will likely have a really good season, Um, but it's Spencer Ware facing competition from Kareem Hunt. It's Eddie Lacy and his P90X training, which isn't the way that NFL players train for seasons. And it's Lacey facing competition from Thomas Rawls and C.J. Proceis. And it's C.J. Anderson who faces the toughest schedule in the league and uh, behind poor run blocking. And it really hasn't been good outside of a few games with Peyton Manning. And now he's facing competition there from was Jamal Charles. Blocking, and, I think was, was the next, uh, next point that Evan was going to yeah. say if I could finish his thought. Evan, are you still with us? I'm I'm still here. I, I, I didn't mean to at, cut at its finest. This this might be a Skype talk radio. That that could be the problem. All right. Uh, we're we have uh, we're having some technical difficulties here with Evan. I'm gonna try to get him uh, back on the horn here, Dave. And we we have not talked uh, much about Doug Martin this year. Your thoughts on him, knowing that he is going to be missing um, the first four games of the season. Some of these guys can still hear Evan talking. And now we can't hear him. So what do you want to do? Do you want to try and uh, maybe disconnect and have him try and call back in? Yeah, that's, that's what he's going to do. But you can okay. talk about Doug Martin yeah, here. Doug Martin. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Hold that thought. We're right. gonna, we're, let's go to a break, and let's, let's do it naturally. And uh, we'll, we'll come back and hear you and Evan talk about uh, Doug Martin. A twofer, as it were. Right here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, right on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak, High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We have Evan Silva from rotoworld.com talking about his pros versus Joe's draft, talking about some running back value, upside receivers in the mid-rounds. And, Evan, I, I, I think we got you back now. I apologize for that. But let's talk a little bit about Doug Martin and why you're not a huge mm-hmm. fan of him at that spot. Yeah, again, he just falls into this middle-round running back uh, crowd that I just really want no part of, and it's Eddie Lacy, it's C.J. Anderson, it's Doug Martin, it's Frank Gore, it's 
Paul Perkins. Um, and for me, like Doug Martin, he's facing comp- he's facing competition. I mean, I think he's going to come back and face competition for a lot of touches. He's never been particularly good in the passing game. He's always been a liability as a pass blocker. Um, and if Jacquez Rogers plays well, which by the way, Jacquez Rogers played pretty well last season, but if Jacquez Rogers plays well in those first three games against Miami and Minnesota and Chicago, which all finished in the bottom half of football outsiders run defense DVOA ratings last year, then I don't think that they're going to just cast Jacquez Rogers aside because Doug Martin, this guy with no guaranteed money left in his contract that they can't rely on, um, you know, is coming off suspension. And then you have Charles Sims and you have Jeremy McNichols and you have Peyton Barber. I mean, it's just a very crowded backfield and, uh, you know, I I would rather take Jacquez Rogers in the 15th round than Doug Martin at 7.01. You know, 100 times out of 100. Yeah, and, and, and hold that hold that thought, Dave, because I want to bring this up because in that area, Evan, where you said you're not a huge fan of these uh, mid-round running backs, after you took those two tight ends, that's where you're pounding the receivers, Fitz and Pryor and Jeremy Macklin and Djax and John Brown. So obviously, your your strategy matched up with that as well as you well. We alluded to earlier, waiting until around 14 to grab Darren Sproles. But, again, I think you did a good job there getting those, uh, again, knowledge of depth charts certainly helped you out there. Dave, did you uh, have a follow-up or a question that you wanted to ask? I was just thinking it's interesting because we've heard a lot of the positive stuff, and I actually really like hearing the opposite opinion about right. the, yeah. the, the non-cheerleading approach about Doug Martin. So that's really good stuff, actually. Yeah. Um, so, Evan, let's talk. You've got a few FFPC drafts under your belt already. You're drafting some more Football Guys Players Championship teams and a main event team later this summer. Uh, what do you see in the drafts that you've already done that you think will give you an edge in the big money drafts? I don't think I have any real big edges on any fields in FFPC. I mean, I have focused the past several years on playing daily fantasy and MFL 10s and MFL 25s. And I've got over 100 MFL 10s and MFL 25s under my belt this season. So my off-season focus has been best ball leagues, and my in-season focus is always DFS. So I certainly don't pretend to have edges on high-level season-long players in the FFPC format because I'm probably not you know, more experienced than anyone I'm competing against in FFPC leagues. This is my first year. I'm doing uh, multiple FFPC drafts, and I'm upping my stakes with the Football Guys Championship three-pack and an online main event team. So, I mean, it's definitely exciting, and I'm super excited for it, but I don't pretend to have a big edge on anyone in this format. It's, it's like we prepped Evan to answer this question, you know, like before he comes, <laughs> like, like, listen, yeah, I'm Evan Silva, but you're probably going to beat me. So join the FFPC, and you can say you could beat Evan Silva, and, nice. and then I'll just dominate you in DFS the rest of the season. And you know what? We'll, we'll, each, we'll each bring a carrot home. That's, that's how it works. I love it. That's great stuff. Evan, let's, uh, we got a, a few emails here. We're going to get to at least two of them here mm-hmm. uh, tonight uh, from listeners. First one is from Larry at Grand Rapids, Michigan. He writes, do you think Sammy Watkins is being undervalued in drafts right now? Thanks, Evan. That is, uh, thank you for the email, Larry in Grand Rapids. He is actually going as the 18th receiver off the board in FFPC drafts, Evan, at the uh, 404 currently. Your thoughts on that spot for Watkins right now? I mean, it's really hard to say anything substantive or you know tangible or definite about Sammy Watkins because it's just all – predicated on health and injuries are maybe the toughest thing to predict 
in in fantasy, you know, and and everyone is injury prone because this is the most, you know, probably this, I guess, the second most violent sport on the planet behind UFC. Um, so, you know, people are going to get hurt all the time. Uh, but Sammy Watkins does have elevated injury risk in all likelihood because of these recurring foot injuries. You know, he had hip surgery at one point. Um, but but he has really big upside because there's no one else to throw to in the Bills passing game, and we know he has elite talent. I mean, if you look at his – just his last 16 games, and, I mean, those are spread over like three seasons because – he's been injured so much, but if you look back at his last uh, 16 games combined, you know, he's a wide receiver one, a hundred out of a hundred times. So I, I love his upside, but you have to be a certain kind of player to be willing to embrace the risk that accompanies Timmy Watkins, I think. Are you, are you that type of player, Dave, that's willing to embrace the risk of Sammy Watkins? You know, Sammy Watkins is one of our big running jokes that we always have. Right, yeah. our, our friend Kurt, he's always like, are you taking Sammy Watts? What about Sammy Watts? Right. You know, Watkins just has the, the, the look of a player. I've always said this. He just looks like a Pro Bowl wide receiver. He's just got this he's smooth looking. He's great. He's, and he produces, like you said, when he's out there. You know what? I, I think I will take a look at Sammy Watkins. Well, there you go. But the thing is, where he's getting drafted, I mean, that, he's in that Tyree Kill range, and I think I'm targeting Tyree That's every, true. You do like Every Tyree day, Kill. all day. Yeah. Every, yeah, every, and then the the, throw, the prior, actually, the argument there is quite strong, actually, so I'm looking a little more at prior. Let's uh, go to Jim in Santa Ana, California. He writes, what's up, Evan? Are you dinging the Ravens skill guys until we know more how long Joe Flacco will actually be out? Keep up the great work. Love your stuff. That's Jim in Santa Ana, California. Evan, you kind of touched on this earlier, but when you, mm-hmm. when you consider guys like, you know, Woodhead in his first year with Flacco, uh, Jeremy Macklin mm-hmm. in his first year with Flacco, Brashad Perriman, who can kind of make the case that he's sort of in his first year with Flacco too, mm-hmm. since he's you know been off the field so much, hasn't really been uh, you know ingrained in the offense yet. How much are you are you staying away from these guys, or maybe knocking them down a little bit uh, on your rankings and and on your draft board? You know, it's it, it is a really difficult one. Joe Flacco has always been durable throughout his career. I mean, he's almost never been injured. He did tear his ACL, which can happen to anyone, uh, a couple of years ago. But other than that, I mean, he's, you know, he's 16 games, 16 games, 16 games, uh, every single time. And so it's but, – but he's starting to get a little bit older. And back injuries are scary for anyone, as we've seen with Tony Romo, as we've seen with Mike Williams. It's not just an old guy thing. You know, it's it, it just happened to Mike Williams. Ross Tucker, who I do a podcast with, he had uh, a herniated disc in his back. And he's just, you know, very, very ominous any time that he hears about uh, something along these lines. So, you know, I've been – I've definitely backed off drafting, and I'm doing drafts every day, but I've definitely backed off drafting Macklin aggressively. You know, um, I've – backed off a little bit on Woodhead, honestly. Um, and, you know, Ben Watson still goes super, super late. So he doesn't, you know, he doesn't really w- worry me. I, I still think he's a pretty good value. Uh, but Mike Wallace is another guy who would really get hurt if Flacco were to miss time. I hope that we get some clarity. There's only been one truly negative report on Joe Flacco, and that was the first one that came out from NFL Network. Every single other report 
has been that the Ravens think he will be good after a week of rest. So it's a super tricky situation, but I think it's a really, really big deal whether or not Joe Flacco, and none of us really think of Joe Flacco as, you know, an elite quarterback, um, even though that has become like a meme on Twitter and and on ESPN or whatever. (laughs) Uh, But none of us think of him as an elite quarterback. He is a big difference maker for the players around him. Good stuff on Flacco. Personally, I think that he got injured during a – they were pulling out that unibrow right in the middle there, and there was a problem. Unibrow is serious stuff, man. You can't mess around with that. All right, Evan, give us an early-round bust this year in FFPC leagues and a late-round sleeper that you're trying to nab in as many drafts as you can. Late-round sleeper for me is J.J. Nelson. Um, We've already seen John Smokey Brown go down in training camp. Just can't trust his health. And even if John Brown – is 100% for this entire season. I think J.J. Nelson has a pretty locked-in spot in three receiver sets with Michael Floyd gone. The guy to worry – well, I guess there would be two guys to sort of worry about for J.J. Nelson's uh, job security would be Chad Williams, the uh, third-round rookie out of Grambling. But, you know, again, he played at Grambling last year. Who knows how ready he's going to be. And then um, Jerron Brown who, you know, people have always gotten mixed up with John Brown, but he is coming off a torn ACL. So it's, it's not like imposing competition for J.J. Nelson in the third receiver role, and then he has the potential to ascend to the number two receiver role if John Brown, again, cannot stay healthy. And, Evan, we probably got, I would say, roughly 90 seconds here. But in that, in that remaining time before our next break, a, uh, a, a, a guy that you are staying away from early in drafts in, in the FFPC. Definitely Ezekiel Elliott right now. I think that no one has a great grasp on how long his suspension is going to be. Uh, the Cowboys go from facing the easiest schedule in football to the toughest schedule in football, according to Mike, Mike Clay of ESPN's projections. Uh, Zeke Elliott does not catch a lot of passes on a run-first team with a dual-threat quarterback, and the Cowboys lost two starters on the offensive line this year. They will be moving Lyle Collins, who has not been a starter, to right tackle, a position he has never played uh, at the college or pro level. So I think the Cowboys are going to take a big step back, and I think Ezekiel Elliott, in addition to his suspension risk, has a chance to take a really big step back as well. Ezekiel Elliott? Stay away from him. So says Evan Silva. Evan, man, we really appreciate you coming on tonight. This is a lot of fun. Uh, of course, we're going to read your stuff at rotoworld.com. You have the fantasy team previews that you've been rolling out there. That is great mm-hmm. stuff uh, as, as we look at that. Uh, thanks so much for joining the show. We'll follow you in, uh, at Evan Silva on Twitter. And good luck in pros versus Joes, man. Thanks so much, guys, for having me. I, I love your show, and um, hopefully we can do it again. That sounds great. Evan Silva at Evan Silva on Twitter from rotoworld.com. We have much more coming up after this on the High Stakes Fantasy Football or right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour this final July weekend here. Just got done speaking with uh, Evan Silva from rotoworld.com. A lot of great analysis, a lot of great stuff there, Dave. Any big takeaways from that interview? Uh, with, uh, let's start with question, uh, the last question we asked him. Like, likes J.J. Nelson, does not like Ezekiel Elliott. How do you fall in on that? Yeah, both of those uh, selections make a lot of sense, actually. His argument about uh, Nelson and John Brown being hurt, totally smart. 
And Elliot, like we said, you don't really know. Well, we've both talked about taking Antonio Brown at the three spot, and so I think we're both in agreement there. Yeah. The other thing, the other takeaway is that this could have been like a three-hour podcast and gotten so much information. Yeah. My drafting in Kentucky could be so much better that we yeah. should have had a longer interview. Yeah. Well, maybe. Why we'll... didn't we have a Listen. longer? You know, like when you get like a, a good guy, you get like a, a two or three part interview. Yeah. You should have booked it for like two to three weeks. I, two to like. Well, because I mean, it goes three, for three weeks. It's like Evan Silva, <laughs> part two, well, this you know, Friday. Well, I, I don't know how these people look. I'm just the color guy. I don't know how All right. you producers produce this stuff. Here's what we're doing. I know do. the defiant ones. That's four parts, four episodes on HBO. Twenty. You should have had three to four Evan Silvas. Okay. Here's what we're gonna do. 2018 miniseries. The Defiant Silva. Yeah. And we're going to have three straight episodes. Give him a whole month. Nothing like, nothing but yeah. Silva. Hey, Evan Silva. July is July month. July right? month is Evan Silva month on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. In all seriousness, uh, I I would not have been able to do the whole late round RB2 thing. I, I, I don't have it in me. But you know what? It, it seems like you guys but might have it in you to draft Sammy Watkins this year. And I thought Evan Silva was going to convince me enough that I don't no. think he did. I, but you know what? It would have taken a hell of a lot of convincing. The reason for me, though, is I didn't own Sammy Watt last year at all. So I didn't, I didn't get burned by him. And you owned him in a few spots. I owned him in one spot. And okay. it was because I picked him up off the waiver wire oh, after okay. he was well, cut you know, when he got put on that's IR. Fine, that's no big deal. I just – I, I, That doesn't even count. I've only owned him one other time in his career. Oh, really? Okay, in any league. And that was the Kentucky auction, I think, three years ago when, uh, you know, your friend of mine, Kurt, who was my partner for that right. auction, bid on him uh, <laughs> against like, my wishes. I thought he just bid like 30 bucks or something. Or just, no, that, that wasn't. Oh, that, no, I mean, we got him for like 18 or $19 because he was kind of hurt coming into the year. Well, that's but weird. I still didn't, I still didn't like it uh, much at all. Okay, so getting back to waiting until round 14 to pull off a um, – I could never do it that long. I could yeah, go to I, could, I go to that's 10. My, that's I go to nine, ten, eleven. I don't even think I could do that. That's his fault. And you're talking to Joe Wide Receiver here. You so know that's in an FFPC format where you only really need to start two two running backs. But that's just a FFPC format. But it is draft experts, so you don't have like, ah, oh, you know, I'll just pick up some guys off waivers. Like I'm really good at the waivers. Yeah, I can do that in a classic style format. I, you know, obviously you can't do that. In no, you definitely can't. Now the other thing I want to bring up too, uh, and I was thinking about this when I was driving over to the studio tonight. What? How awesome would this be if Silva wins the whole pros versus Joes? Okay, Sproles finishes as like RB fifteen, which is not. But I mean, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. Lynch, please do. Yes, yeah, thank you. Lynch gets hurt right away, and uh, and and let's say either Washington or Richard just takes that backfield over behind one of the best offensive lines in, in football. Marine is the guy that nobody sees coming. He doesn't even need all that. Okay. Okay. Good point. So, oh, I'm just assuming Le'Veon Bell ends the season with a knee injury like he normally does. If that works out and he wins this thing by like you know two or three hundred points, everybody's going to be doing it next year. Yeah. This, so the 14th round RB two. This is hey, Silva did it last year and he won the whole thing. Let everybody do it. Just the the running backs are going to drop. People are going to be getting like you know Eddie Lacy in round no, 17 and oh, got to be so great. Wrong. Tim McCullough, when he won with Roto, Roto Experts, and he had one tight end. Guess what? Next year, nobody drafted just one tight end, including McCullough. Well, nobody's done it before either. You know, <laughs> I guess that, that, that logic would apply that was there. So much, so. That was so fun. Thanks for peeing on my parade once again. Let's do it. Here, Zach. Uh, that is going to do it uh, for, our for, the first, show. For, no, for our first hour of the show, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We have much more. We have a bunch of emails that we need to get to, and we're also actually going to, by, by listener request, 
we're going to uh, take a look back at uh, a dynasty startup, a $2,500 dynasty startup that just took place in the FFPC. And we're going to talk about some uh, targets that you should be looking at for your dynasty leagues. We are going to pause for station ID. You are listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour rolls on into our number two here. Eric Falkman and Dave Gerzak had a great interview with Evan Silva from rotoworld.com in the first hour tonight. Great stuff from him, a lot of great analysis uh, from him as far as uh, players that he likes, like J.J. Uh, Nelson, and players he doesn't like, like Ezekiel Elliott. So good stuff there from him. Uh, Dave, one of the things that I did want to bring up uh, when, when Evan was talking about the running backs that he is avoiding in the mid-rounds, uh, and he mentioned uh, Eddie Lacy, C.J. Henderson, Doug Martin, Frank Gore, guys going in that area. He was not a fan of any of those guys. He's probably going with a different position there. And I bring this up because a lot of guys who want to play zero RB this year and utilize that strategy, those are the types of running backs that you'll end up getting if you do go zero RB. So maybe then it's it's not necessarily zero RB that you want to do this year, and we'll have to see how Evans' drafts play out. Uh, but maybe get that elite running back early, and then pound the receivers and the tight ends, and then maybe look at some running backs later. Now I don't think I'd, I'd wait till round fourteen like he did, but there's certainly some value in uh, you know that eighth, ninth, tenth round uh, with running back there if you want to take it that far. Yeah, I agree. I mean, actually, you know, I'm not, I don't I don't want to disagree completely with Doug, the Doug Martin take on it because I think. I don't, but if Doug Martin is, isn't moving up too high, if I can get him at a reasonable price, I will take him and then try and I would then reach a couple rounds early for Rodgers. I think that then you lock up that running game. You get you know Seamus Winston. Yeah, yeah thank you. Great. I, you know I haven't I haven't said Seamus for just just rolls right off the tongue. Which Seamus, I, I feel like we've talked about the Buccaneers a lot. We just don't talk about quarterbacks on this show a whole lot. Sometimes some, sometimes I just forget his name, so I, just, I don't want to say Seamus. Moving on. Seamus Winston, good offense. He's a good quarterback. Yeah. He's, he could win the MVP this year. I don't know how, you know, he hasn't done anything wrong in the NFL. So I, Although, you know, the, what? You know, the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers uh, and this was um, on, on my future local radio gig that I am kicking <laughs> off in mid-September. I was you were like Mr. Radio. Yeah, gig. I was listening to their show Thursday night, and uh, they brought up the fact that the Buccaneers are actually going to be the Hard Knocks team this, this, yeah, this so year. Yeah, you're going to get a lot of info. Well, you're going to get a lot of info, but he also made the or point noise. Like, I can't remember, and I couldn't either, and, and uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong and maybe he's wrong, but I couldn't remember the last time a team that was on Hard Knocks had a really successful year. And the Buccaneers, by a lot of pundits out there, mm-hmm. uh, are expected to have a really successful year. Now, I haven't talked about maybe staying away from Doug Martin. We know Mike Evans is probably in for a target regression a little bit this year, still uh-huh. worth a first-round pick. But I'm telling you, maybe there's something there that Tampa doesn't end up being the team that a lot of people think that they're going to be. You know, I, I, I think that's just a small sample size talking to you right there. And a lot of times, you know, the teams that have gone on hard knocks are crappy teams. So if you're a crappy team like the Dolphins organization with terrible head coach. The Rams. Jeff yeah, the Rams. Yeah, Rams Fisher. With the, this looks like a total moron. I don't know. You know, if you're a dumb head about, coach, well, why, would you, why do you go on there? Yeah, because you know, they're a dumb head coach. And you're yeah, I mean, why, why do you agree to do that? I mean, yeah. the Texans, uh, you know, what's his name? They're Bill O'Brien. Team. Yeah, O'Brien. He looked. He looked cool. They, he, they, he looked good. Didn't they go to the playoffs? Maybe they were the team that fucked. I it. thought. That, I thought somebody. I thought you know. Uh, 
JJ Watt had an injury or something like that. Maybe, yeah. or maybe or if they did, they got bounced right away. What, what about wait, the, the Wade Phillips Cowboys year? Did the Cowboys end up having a good year that year? Way back when? Yeah. I can't remember. I'm just, I'm trying to draw back. <laughs> I, remember, I remember though that uh, Jerry Jones said he was so, felt so blessed because he had two Pro Bowl quarterbacks. Quincy Carter and some other piece of junk. I can't remember who it was. Well, maybe we'll, we'll take a break, and then you can try to remember that piece of knowledge. This is the HSFF Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. He is the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. I am Balky, Eric Falkman. And uh, we are right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network bringing you uh, some great fantasy analysis from people like Evan Silva in the first hour. And on the second hour... Uh, not going to be too much great analysis, but we will have fun. I promise you. We're not. What's this? Is there a show called The Leftovers? Yeah, that. Yeah, it, was, it was a show. It's not on anymore. Yeah, that's what we are. This is we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah. yeah. He got taken up to heaven or wherever. Or where did they go? That's, did, that's not exact. I don't want to ruin it for people who want to binge it. <laughs> I I do know how it ends. I'll tell you off air what happened. Okay. They went somewhere, didn't they? they yes, that's true. <laughs> I want to remind everybody, too, before we get into it, uh, podcastawards.com is accepting nominations the parties. from a certain sect of podcasts, and we made the cut this year, surprisingly. Uh, so go to podcastawards.com. Go to google.com. Create a free account there, and then uh, nominate us in the sports category, the high-stakes fantasy football hour. Please also nominate us in the people's choice category. I don't know how we were made the cut there, but we made the cut there. There's a lot of great podcasts there. We have no shot of winning that one. Sports, though, I think we, we got a decent yeah, outside. all these ballot stuffers. Yeah, so go there. And, and I'm telling you, it literally, I did it myself. It takes like two minutes. You can to, vote for yourself. Uh, well, you can nominate yourself. We're not in the voting stage yet. Oh, you have right. to nominate from the... From We're not the even the voting. Here. Not in the voting stage. But they are, I mean, you're essentially your vote is a nomination. So uh, check that out. Right, so Jimmy Wagner said not to ruin the leftovers. I'm not going to ruin the leftovers. Okay, but right. they did go somewhere. I think that's clear <laughs> from the plot of the show. I don't feel like I spoiled anything. Yeah. You you were a big fan of Lost, too, which I, I am. Which I hated. Yeah, I know you hated. Uh, Jordan Reed placed on the pup list, the preseason pup, which is like the fake news pup. Uh, because of a uh, significant toe soreness, according to a Washington team spokesman, this according to Stephen Wino from the Associated Press. Uh, so Jordan Reed and Gene Bramel from FootballGuys.com who does great work there. I thought this was so entertaining that he wrote in the Football Guys Daily email and talked about it on the Audible last night how it was the most Doctor. it was the most unsurprising post unsurprising <laughs> tweet he's ever posted and, and like everybody's like yeah yeah we know we get it it's jordan reed so you look at this dave and i bring this up from an ffpc stand, uh, standpoint because of the tight end premium scoring jordan reed now you have to probably bump him down not i mean they're they're saying it's precautionary but bump him down we've seen they bump down we've we've seen a lot of precautionary stuff that was not precautionary in the past He's currently over the last 14 days. Now, this, some of this came out before he was, right. you know, placed in the pup. Was going at the 301, and I feel like he was kind of going there beforehand. Okay, yeah. but for me, if I'm not taking him, he's at dropping off four rounds. Yeah, I, that's what I was gonna say. If I'm not taking him at the at the 301, I'm not taking him anywhere in the third. I might think about him at the end of the fourth, but it's it's tough, man. It is tough. I, I'm not, I don't really like. Read all that much in general. I just don't really care to take a guy who's injured ninety percent of the time or ninety percent of the years that he plays. So I wasn't really going to be drafting him in all likelihood unless he fell. And now it's probably even less likely, even even at a value. I can pop into a football guy's draft here and tell you where he went. Oh, a live one that's going on right now. Yeah, sure. What the hell? Why not? Bucky? We'll just tell people. We'll, we'll just, instead of ADP, we'll give you like live draft results. RDP. RDP. This is this is 
HSFN Power RDP right now. This draft in the show. is in the fourth round. Did he go yet? Has he gone? He went at the 306. One pick before Greg Olson, oddly enough. Oh, that's interesting. Hey, who took him? Do I know him? Uh, Crazy Turk. Okay, don't say that because he plays a lot of drafts. Well, then, you know, don't ask me who, don't ask I, me who I was, guy is. I was half talking to myself. Oh, for crying out loud. Oh, hold on. It wasn't Crazy Turf. It was uh, Crazy oh, it was, Turf. It was Doug, or it was uh, Doug. Dave, Dave Turf. Yeah, okay, fine. Okay, so, so read. You know, don't ask me your questions if you don't so want to rhetorical, answer. I shouldn't have said it. My apologies <laughs> to Crazy Turf. Don't, no one listens to this show. Okay, perfect. Well, I'll tell you what. Nobody was looking to sign <laughs> this guy about a week or two ago, and now he is with the Dallas Cowboys. His name is Ronnie Hillman. Uh, according to a source, he did indeed side with the Cowboys last night. Uh, this reported by Adam Schefter from ESPN. So, the Ezekiel Elliott suspension conspiracy continues. We don't know how long it will be. Dallas seems like they're prepping for it. And in typical Dallas fashion, they said, oh, we were looking to build running back depth anyway because it was one of the weaker points on our roster. This coming from a team that cut a player right after he was arrested and then after a case of mistaken identity, they stood behind it, yet they still have Ezekiel Elliott on, your t- on their team. Just pointing that out, which I think is interesting. So you look at this situation here. El- Elliott, man, it's got to be two games, right? I mean, that's a, if you draft him now, you kind of got to be planning on that. If it was me, it would be six. No, but I mean, like, what, if, as a drafter, not as yeah, yeah, an yeah. NFL commissioner. Yeah, you're, you gotta be, I, would, I would actually, if I'm drafting, I'm planning for three. How far would you bump him down in the first round? We know you would take Johnson, Bell, and Brown ahead of him. Would you take Odell Beckham ahead of him? Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, don't, I haven't really thought quite that deeply. I mean, I'd probably look at, I'd probably look at even Julio, too. You know, so I, I might consider, and I saw this happen in a draft the other night, I might consider LaShawn McCoy over Ezekiel Elliott if I'm going running back in the first round. I got Shady McCoy in the Taylor Young League. I'm pretty happy with him. Yeah. yeah. Where did you get him? Just curiously. Pick eight. So, I mean, I didn't really have a choice in Elliott, right. but, you know, I like That's him. good value for McCoy there. I, I really like the idea of getting a, an elite running back this year um, in, in the first round, and maybe this is be like, oh, there's Balky just jo- jumping on the, the sheeple bus, uh, just whatever everybody else is doing, that's what Balky's doing. Well, you know what, in this case I might be. Uh, and then just building up some receivers after that, getting some running backs later. But I, I, I like the idea of getting somebody like McCoy or, or Johnson or Bell, and I know so does everybody. Uh, <laughs> they're thinking about that too. Freeman is another guy, so um, – I don't. I'm not. I haven't made up my mind about Melvin Gordon. I, I think I'm leaning away from him right now. I don't think he's as talented as people make him out to be. I guess. You know, yeah. He does have a yeah. huge opportunity for a lot of playing time. I think. You know what? You know what's interesting? Tell me if this makes sense. I think he's supremely talented. I just don't. I know. I, no, listen. I I think he's supremely talented. I just think that his talent is not necessarily the best fit for the NFL game. Okay. I don't even know what the hell. That his is. talent in college where he could just run by everybody because he was yeah, so fast? He's, he's a 4-5 he's he's back in a 212-pound body or whatever, and that's, it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not super elite, though, or anything like that. And he's going to the first down, to your point. But, I mean, you know, he could get a hell of a lot of fantasy points. It's a good offense. Yeah. He's going to get goal line. He's going to catch some passes. So, it's, 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 it's tough. You know, it's, it's, it's tough. I'm, yeah. He's, know, a, he's a tough guy to, to put yeah. your thumb on this year. I, I mean, there's a chance I'll take him in one spot or two, but we'll see. I don't totally, totally, totally hate him. I haven't made up my mind about him yet. And, and I this do is it. really great enough. I do it at the time. <laughs> no, but I think... I think Melvin like, Gordon. Like, we, don't, okay. we don't know. Here's, here's my <laughs> advice to anybody out there. If you're playing in a bunch of leagues, then I would probably try to grab Gordon in one or two of them. If you're not playing, if you're only playing in like one or two, I'd probably find a different player to take. 
That's my, that's my philosophy. Okay, here's my advice. If you look at Melvin Gordon and you're about to pick and your, your tummy hurts and you're like, Ugh, I don't like it, don't take him. Exactly. If you feel pretty good about it, we'll take him. That's your gut reaction. That actually works. Yeah, there's, the there's one question you need to ask yourself. How, is, how is, bad are your projections? No, 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 no. One question you need to ask. Is Melvin Gordon your guy? Oh, God. And if he is, then you get him. Oh, so pathetic. I like how I'm, Speaking of guys, I'm looking at this news rundown. Yeah. And all the news all over the place is about Christian McCaffrey is looking fantastic. Yeah. They're peppering him with passes. Yeah. I don't see any Christian McCaffrey questions on this whole rundown. I, well, so what is the deal, Balky? Are you trying to avoid my affection for Christian McCaffrey and how great he is? And you just don't want to talk about it? First of all, I'm proven right. You want to talk about McCaffrey? Don't shoot the messenger because Rob prepared this. Football guys contributed to this. Roto World contributed to this. So let it be known that you. They're just trying to suppress the McCaffrey. You just, you just threw Evan Silva under the bus. Which Which is, I, good job, Silva. You uh, could have talked to McCaffrey. All right. Bit. Anyway, so I, I, my point was, I like how a discussion on Ronnie Hillman made it like, and we discussed Melvin Gordon for like three minutes. Um, okay. Exactly. So let's, let's move on and talk about Carlos Hyde because he reported a training camp at 228 pounds. Says he's in the best shape I of his career. I thought he was 222, not that I really care that much. This is according to Roto World and CSNBayArea.com's Matt Mayoko. Uh, he says this is the lightest he's been since high school. John Lynch, his GM, his boss, said Hyde looks, quote, tremendous and that he has dedicated himself to football. So, Carlos Hyde, Dave. Yeah, now, see, the front office is talking smack to him the whole offseason. And now, do you think, if you read between the lines, is this trying to drive up his trade value, perhaps, to maybe somebody on the East Coast that just lost their, you know, de facto RB1 that might be looking to get him? What, the news articles? So are you, are you, are you saying that the front office contacted the, you know, no, no, San no. Jose Mercury Democrat? No, 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 no. What? I'm saying – because Hyde got himself in great shape so he can get traded? I, no. I think Hyde got himself in great shape because he, he knows no, because, well, that, and he knows that he's not going to be able to play as heavy as he was in this type of offense. And He knows he can't just be lazy because the team doesn't, isn't going to want to suck anymore. And all of a sudden, Lynch, after being so lukewarm about Hyde all offseason, now Baltimore has a clear need for a running back, and Lynch is effusive in his praise for him. It's not like he came out and was like, hey, guys, come here. I got something to say about Carlos Hyde. Somebody just clearly asked him about it. He knew somebody would because it's one of the biggest storylines in San Francisco and was very, very glowing and say, oh, he's tremendous. He's dedicated himself to football. That's my point. Good, yeah, good point. Whatever. Okay, so, so Hyde, you like him a little bit more now or are you just calling BS on this? Let, I'm calling BS on it. You're calling BS? Yeah. You know, we, we talked about the fact that with all the talk about Joe Williams, this was like maybe a month ago, I was talking to Joe Williams and all this other stuff because Carlos Hyde is still probably the most talented running back on the team. Right. And that's still true. I mean, in, in the fact that he's coming in in good shape, I don't, I don't mind taking a look at him. Again, if it's not, not too expensive, I'll take a look at him. I don't right. think he gets traded. I think he actually starts and has a pretty good season. I don't think Joe Williams is probably going to end up being all that great this year. Probably. I, think, I think it's a committee. Maybe, yeah. It's like 50-50 or 60-40. I'm not... If it's a committee, Joe Williams isn't getting the you know, goal line. Right. That's totally true. So maybe I don't like I mean, no, granted, they don't get a lot of goal lines. Right. Right. We, we get a lot of goal line on this podcast. We're, gonna, we're hitting the goal line of a break right now. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak, the High Tech Fantasy Football Hour, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The final weekend of July is here, and we are here for you here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman, that's me. Dave Gerzak, that's him. And uh, we're talking uh, about uh, Joe Williams and Carlos Hyde before the break. I'm of the opinion that uh, – 
it might end up being a committee. And, and like Dave said, uh, if it ends up being a committee, Williams doesn't get in goal line. And like Mitt Montana is pointing out in the chat room, Joe Williams doesn't catch passes. So it's clear that there's uh, maybe not outside that we were that you're hoping for there if you do draft one of these 49ers running backs. Moving on to talk about another running back before we get to your emails here. Duke Johnson, according to the Cleveland Plain Dealers' Mary Kay Cabot, is the leading candidate to replace Andrew Hawkins as the team's top, wait for it, slot receiver and has a good chance to land the job. Isaiah Kroll obviously being drafted in FFPC drafts as the number one running back in Cleveland. Duke Johnson was a guy that a lot of people were a big fan of last year in PPR leagues like the FFPC. Uh, because of his pass-catching ability, he did get a ton of targets last year, finished among the uh, top of the running backs as far as targets went. And you look at uh, Duke Johnson being penalized a little bit this year because he kind of underperformed as far as uh, what, what he, how efficient he was with those targets. He's not going until the 9.05 of FFPC drafts right now, Dave. If, he, if they are serious about Duke Johnson potentially being the uh, you know, quote-unquote slot receiver for Cleveland, uh, it's interesting that you can get him at a mid-ninth round price tag. Hmm, interesting. Maybe uh, we might have to change his position in FFPC. Uh, well, let's don't get in. Why do you even open up that can of worms <laughs> on the show? Like, I'm setting you up to get, to get a good answer from you, and then you're like, hey, let's create some controversy. All right, we'll have to look at uh, changing his position. You know, you're going to be the one paying the price when you get a flood of 500 <laughs> emails tonight saying, like, ah, oh, were you serious about that? Like, you I, know, if I, the team changes his position, we got to do it. But I, no, I don't think they're going to. But, I think it's interesting. Yeah. For but, sure, why not? but they work. could play him there. I mean, yeah. you know, like you know, in that role. And I, I, he's going to get us a lot of targets. That's that's what we need to know. That would have been an interesting if you wanted to go zero RB two or excuse me, uh, yeah, uh, late late round RB two right. to get Duke Johnson in the ninth round as your second running back. You're going to be lower receiver and tight end if you did it right. So there's certainly uh, something to so, be said. Who, yeah, you got Kenny Britt and, and Corey Coleman's bad hamstring. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. And David I, Njoku apparently is having problems uh, holding on to the ball at, at training. You got the dropsies? Uh, dropsies and the fumblies, I believe. He's only, you know, he's only 20. Yeah, I'm just saying, though. I mean, no, you're right. Okay. I'm just defending my boy. Oh, he's your boy now? Yeah. You know why? Because he went to the best university in uh, the state of Florida. Did not go to Florida State University. Uh, let's talk about one of my boys because it's unclear if Eddie Lacy is going to be at 100% when training camp opens uh, on uh, Sunday. Lacy uh, had ankle surgery back in October, obviously limited this spring. This is a report from Bob Condotta from the Seattle Times. Uh, Condotta also said that Thomas Rawls is going to be going uh, with the ones when training camp opens. And uh, listen, if, if he gets off to a, to a hot start, Dave, uh, it, it's uh, not going to be good news for Eddie Lacy. I don't think it affects C.J. Procise too much, but the fact that Lacy had the surgery back in October and he, you know, they still don't know if he's going to be 100% when training camp opens in late July, I mean, that's kind of a red flag for me. I'm sorry, Valky. I kind of missed the exactly no, that's the fine. final question there. Listen, I, I know you're trying to keep very busy in the chat room, but um, they, no, my point is uh, it's going to be tough for Eddie Lacy if Rawls gets off to this hot start to become a part of this committee if he is, in fact, not 100% uh, right now. No, it's, it's very true. I mean, Rawls could actually kind of take the, take the job and run with it. But, I, you know, they did pay Lacey some pretty solid money. I think they want Lacey to have the job. I, you know, I, I guess we'll just have to kind of see what happens. But I'm, I'm, I'm still favor Lacey, though, for sure. Rawls going at Lacey's the – more of a pedigree player. I agree. He totally is. 
for sure. Rawls is going at the 1310 right now. Now, I'm totally on board with that ADP, and I'll tell you whose ADP I am not on board with if he is not uh, 100%, and that's Eddie Lacy going at the 708 right now. And Evan Silva brought that up in the first hour of the program where he talked about, like, look, I'm, I'm not a fan of these mid-round running backs, and he mentioned Lacy by name. So uh, interesting stuff there. Hey, you sent in a bunch of emails this week, and we're very appreciative of that. So let's go ahead and do our best to not only answer them, but answer them correctly. If you've got a question for Eric, Dave, or tonight's guest, send them a tweet at Hour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com or at Hour on Twitter. First email tonight is from Ron in Charlotte, North Carolina. No, excuse me, Don. I can't even read. Don in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now everybody knows that. Hey, guys, how likely is it that we see Devin Funches take a step forward with Ted Ginn moving on from Carolina this season? Uh, thank you for the email, Don. So Devin Funches is a guy that a lot of people thought was going to break out last year. It never happened. And he's going currently, I'm not making this up, at the 1911. Of, uh, of drafts right now so almost right at the very end of drafts and in, in fact in some football guys drafts he's not even being selected so you basically literally can get him for free now while david is true that ted ginn has moved on to new orleans and he will not be uh catching the deep ball in carolina uh carolina still has greg olson kelvin benjamin curtis samuel and that's pretty much all the weapons i think Oh, and Christian McCaffrey is there as well. Woo! Christian McCaffrey also in Carolina. So, yes, Ginn is gone, Dave, but I don't think that Funches is, is still uh, going to be a focal part of this offense. I, I don't think he's very involved. And you know, Listen, far be it for me to rip on a 19th-round pick, but I won't be spending it on Devin Funches. Devin Funches, the guy who got carted off with cramps? Oh, really? Did he? Is that today? Didn't you hear this? You didn't, obviously, you, it's okay. You didn't read my tweets. That's fine. <laughs> you, you tweet so much. I don't tweet that often. Okay. Yeah, he had menstrual cramps. No, he, no, he contacted no. his OBGYN, yeah. gave him some Midol, and they said that he should have a hot pad for his tummy. That was my tweet. Oh, okay. And very, you know, ha-ha, very funny. Yes. But, yeah, he got card. He had cramps, and they carted him off. Yeah. What a joke. Okay. All right. Well, I'm very, I'm, so a, you, I'm actually more upset about punches because I actually supported him early on. Right. Because he was a young player, had the size, and, you know, size, speed, pedigree, and just never really didn't do a whole lot of Michigan. And that, you know, you go back to Rotoviz's whole thing, they're like, you know, what matters? Productivity matters. If you're a good player, you're a good player. You know what? He's never really been that great of a player, and I should have paid more attention to that. I, I will, I'm sure I'll make that mistake again, but I'm not going to make it as often. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it sounds like you're totally on punches. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that said, I'm a huge fan of punches this year. <laughs> Let's move on and talk to, uh, or talk to, uh, read Jim in Tifton, Georgia's email. Uh, if uh, Matthews does indeed get cut, are you buying the talk that Wendell Smallwood will have a big role in Philly this season? Thanks, gentlemen. Um, Wendell Smallwood, this actually came out this week, too, that um, they're talking to some of the Eagles players, and they view that uh, Smallwood is going to be a significant factor in the Eagles' backfield this year. Now, that said, you still have Darren Sproles back there. You still have LeGarrette Blount, who they signed, Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, Jordan Matthews, uh, um, Corey Smith, you know, all these guys that were brought in. So, and I looked at the ADP. He's literally not going, but he actually did go in one football guy's draft this 
over the last two weeks in the 12th round. So technically his ADP is like the mid 12th, but he's only been selected in one draft. So Don't you have to average all those out? Uh, that's not, not the numbers I use. <laughs> so. so if a person gets drafted once in the 12th round and doesn't get drafted in 200 other drafts, he's the 12th round. Uh, yeah, ADP is 12. So anyway, let's uh, – let's, That's let's, a high, high level stuff. I got to get there. The highest of high. I feel like Bert Bondi. <laughs> so, Wendell Smallwood, David. Your thoughts on him this year? Are you staying away from him? And, you're, you're, it, saying, you're saying he got drafted once in the 12th round? Yeah. Otherwise, he's been undrafted? In football guys' drafts over the last two weeks. Okay, yeah. so 20, you're not going – But he goes so all the D's. Yeah. All the um, you know, I mean, I would look at him in the 19th or 20th round. I, I don't think that's a terrible pick. Is I mean, your, is your Matt, Matt Tews, whatever, with one T. Very price. And then Sproles. I mean, Sproles is super old. Matthew sucks. Why not? I mean, is your favorite value among Eagles running backs right now Darren, still Darren Sproles? Yeah, Sproles is still super cheap. Okay. He's almost free. All right. Not quite free, but he's pretty, pretty cheap. Right. Um, which is basically what people have uh, described this podcast as. <laughs> pretty, pretty darn cheap and almost free. Are you guys on board with Jordan Howard in the second round this year? He seems like he has bust written all over him. That is Sam in Rutherford, New Jersey. Uh, Jordan Howard going smack dab in that second round, the 206. Dave, I feel like I am on Team Jordan Howard this year. Are you? No, probably not. Why are you not? Just curiously. Uh, you know, I, I'm fearing the sophomore slump. I don't think the team is that good. I don't like Tucker and whatever, whatever Glennon. Okay, let me stop you real, real quick. Team wasn't that good last year, right? Offense. And, I mean, I know, the, I, guess, the, I know they're gonna. He's the only playmaker. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. And and the quarterback, wouldn't you say, was worse last year than Glennon? How do we know? Well, I. Okay. How do you know? Okay, that's that's a fair point. But Glennon, so, a career backup of you know. Who who just, has performed all right when he's been when he stepped so, in and Cutler Cutler performed all right over like a dozen year career. Okay, keep going, keep going. Oh, with your other points, I mean. <laughs> I mean, you know, Howard's not a pedigree back, so I mean, I don't know. He could he could have a great season, um, but where what what is his upside? Is it like the 105 level, 104 level? I guess it is. I mean, that's okay. where he could finish. So your thought is basically, so you're, you're about, very you're very skeptical of a non-pedigree guy with all this stuff going against him, doing it a second year in a row when you could be using a second round pick on guys that do not have these warts, essentially. You know, running backs get warts pretty early nowadays. I mean. The third player drafted has warts. He's got a two-game suspension. He's looking at so it's it, it's weird. I mean, even the the second the second running back drafted, Le'Veon Bell, the number two pick consensus overall, consistently you know he's had, he's had injury, some injury issues. So yeah. it's funny that everyone's got warts at this point. So I don't know. I I just don't I don't I don't know. I just, there's some reason I'm just not all that super enthusiastic about. It. Yeah, and I, I I could be wrong. Okay. Well, you listen. You could be, and it'd probably be the third or fourth time in your life. That, or that, in the that, past week. That, that you've done wrong. But listen, if you are skeptical on Howard, there's a, a great number of other ways you can spend a second-round pick uh, in your drafts this year. I think that in a few of mine, I will get Jordan Howard because I like getting that foundation running back. And you can call me crazy, but there's other high-stakes players out there doing it. And uh, I follow the herd, as everybody knows. On this show. Whatever. Um, you don't always. No, I do like Howard this year. Uh, in all seriousness. We have to get to a, a break. This is Eric Falkman and Dave Gerzak on the HSFFR on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, specifically the high-stakes fantasy football hour. More specifically, Eric Falkman. 
and uh, my co-host, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak, the patron saint of fantasy football. Dave, one of the things that we always love doing on this show is blind resumes, and we got another one. What the hell is that? You always say this every time. I don't remember. What is a blind resume? I read... Or, so, okay, so I, someone's applying to work for the show? No, 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 no. I read... We don't take submissions of resumes. Listen, just... I read the information, and then you say who it's referring to. Oh, about players? Yes. This is from Rich in Anger, Minnesota. Dear Winky Face and Nom Nom Nom, which I believe is pronounced. Nom 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 Nom. Yes, I'm obviously Winky Face. I'm actually proud of you that versus your. Anyway, go ahead. Blind resume. I almost got you to do it. He is the only running back in the NFL to rack up 1,200 total yards and score at least six touchdowns in each of the last three seasons. Yeah, total to total yards and six touchdowns. 1,200 total yards and at least six touchdowns in the last three seasons. Okay, okay. Uh, there's more. He finished as RB19 after an RB6 2015 campaign. So he was RB6 in 2015, RB19 last year. Currently, he is right in the middle of that, going as the RB12 at the 307 this year. Who is he? That is Rich in Anger, Minnesota. So, Dave, you would have to be easy. RB12, he's going to the 306? 307. You would think that a guy with this track record, this proven, consistent track record, would be going higher when everybody wants uh, a running back, you know, early on in their draft. Wow. He's falling in the mid-third. Who is this guy? I actually kind of – I'm totally blanking. Are you – first of all, are you – If I've been doing more drafts, right, yeah. I really know this. Now, let me ask you this. Knowing what you've heard so far, is this a player that sounds like he might interest you? <laughs> is this a player that you feel like, you know what, I'd like to spend my mid-third round pick on him? All that consistency – 1,200 total yards, six touchdowns. You're telling me I can get that with a mid-third-round pick at running back? Where do I sign? <laughs> Is that something that might interest you? Uh, you know, it might, actually. It might interest you. Do you have any guesses as to who this player might be? Chat room, too. Feel free to fire out some guesses. Well, right, right, so I'm not looking at the chat. No, they haven't fired any out yet. They're talking about uh, Sproles and Pumphrey, <laughs> which, by the way, are both incorrect. Yes, okay. I'm just trying, I'm just trying to think of... There's not even that many teams that have had running back continuity at this length of time. Can I give you a hint? I'll give you a hint. He was not on the same team for all three of these seasons. No, that's annoying yet interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect description for me. Oh, man. I'm really honestly kind of cool with something. All right. He is an AFC running back. <laughs> and both the teams he has played on in the NFL in his NFL career are both in the AFC. All right. AFC. Lamar Miller? That is 100% God, correct. Why didn't, I, why didn't I know that? So you, you know sound, why? Because I don't like him. So it sounds like, but it sounds like you do like him. It sounds no, like I don't you're like him. You like a little Lamar Miller. You like that consistency. You know, so that's that, interesting. That's kind of interesting. Okay. That's funny. All right. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting that you see that uh, him put up those numbers in 2014, 15, 16, and uh, he's still going to the third round this year. We don't view him as old. He's definitely not old. We don't view him as being on a bad team. No. He's just not good. I don't, I don't view him as being very but talented. Yeah, but, it, but the talent has been talented enough. RV6 finished in 2015. RV19 finished last year. No, he's, he's – hey, you know what? I, I can't argue with RV6 finished. You're right. I might like Lamar Miller now based on this stat. You're going you're to talk yourself into it. I think I already have. Thank you, Rich and Anger, Minnesota. You know, you know I, when I look at think of Mar- Lamar Miller, I think of that yellow pedestrian crossing sign because he's just so pedestrian. That's what ah, good one. That's Lamar Miller, pedestrian crossing. Okay, well, let's talk about a guy. That's who's my word association. Lamar Miller, pedestrian. Uh, Ken in New Haven, Connecticut. Are you guys rolling the dice and pulling the trigger on Ty Montgomery at 406? Yes. Perhaps they would you rather it be in order. Oh, okay. 
That is Ken in New Haven, Connecticut. Rob, we're up against it, so I don't want you to play it. But let's do a Would You Rather with Ty Montgomery. Now, you were very, very excited about saying yes to Ty Montgomery, so I'm going to put you to the test. Would you rather have Ty Montgomery or Lamar Miller, Christian McCaffrey? Uh, I'll take McCaffrey. Uh, Ty Montgomery or Joe Mixon? Um, I'll take McCaffrey. Uh, oh, wait. <laughs> that, was the, McCaffrey. that was the best answer that we ever had. What'd you Dave, Ty Montgomery you know or Joe Mixon? Christian McCaffrey. Do you know what? I'll take McCaffrey again. Okay. Uh, no, I would take Montgomery. I'm okay, sorry. so that's that's a, yeah. <laughs> if you are drafting with Dave Gerzak this year, you know that you're gonna have to overdraft McCaffrey. You know what really sucks is that in that Taylor Young league I, By the way, I would take I had, Montgomery then. I, I had a chance to take McCaffrey and I ended up taking Tyree Kill because I didn't I didn't have a wide receiver at that point. Uh, so I was so mad at myself. Anyway, go ahead. Uh Ty Montgomery or, as you mentioned, Lamar Miller. Um, I'll take Montgomery over Miller. I think I would okay. too. Oh, really? I think I would. He's going a full round later. You just said how much you like Miller. I know, and that's what I'm wrestling with. Yeah, but I, mean, I do like, like Montgomery. You have to arm wrestle with yourself. Uh, Ty Montgomery or Leonard Fournette? I'll take Montgomery over Fournette. Yeah, God, that's tough. I would it is tough because I think they're going to feature Fournette. I would take Fournette. Um, where's Fournette going? 303. You know what, I'll take Fournette because he's going a little bit earlier. I think I'm going to go with the wisdom of the crowd on that one. Ty uh, Mont- I, I, think, I, think, I think Fournette's going to have a good rookie season. He's really talented. Ty Montgomery or uh, Todd Gurley? <laughs> I'll take Gurley. You know, I would rather wait and take Montgomery, but, yeah, if I, I would take Gurley if all things considered equal. Uh, Ty Montgomery or Marshawn Lynch? Montgomery. I agree. Ty Montgomery or Dalvin Cook? Um... Oh, man, that's interesting. That's for me. I take Montgomery, says Mr. FSU. I'll, t- I'll take Montgomery, I guess. Ty Montgomery or Mark Ingram? Montgomery, for sure. I agree. And Ty Montgomery or Carlos Hyde? Montgomery. Sorry, Hyde. I'm no. looking a little bit. I am with you. Okay, so that is going to do it for, I think that is it for emails. Now, I said we were going to look over a $2,500 startup, and I don't know if we're going to have time. We're going to look at a $2,500 startup draft. Oh, picks. Right. I don't yeah. think we're going to have time for that. But okay. what I want to do, and this is uh, an FFPC player, uh, David Frey, or Fry, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. Fry, probably. David Fry. Uh, he emailed in just to, for anybody who thinks, like, oh, you know, those guys. So you're putting this in for, like, two minutes of the show? No, here. not even longer than two minutes. Okay. Um, th- those guys, they just talk about whatever they want. No, we actually listen to you. We read your emails. Even if we don't read them on the air, we still read them. So or, had, or Rob does. He had to listen to the whole show to get to this. And, yes. And uh, he asked that maybe we could take a look back at Dynasty and, and talk do some Dynasty analysis, um, you know, as we're entering August, which is heavy drafting season. But, you know, there's a, a lot of changes. We have a lot of value. Dynasty leagues kicking off still. Yeah, a Actually. lot. Like some of them kicking off tomorrow, I believe. Yeah, a bunch tomorrow, August 5th, August 12th, August yeah. 19th. There's a whole bunch of them. Every Saturday in August, you can sign up for uh, my FFPC. Most, yeah, most importantly, league. join the 1250 league because I have two of them. And they both have seven spots up, and it's really getting irritating. Uh, we're still sitting at seven. That, that is There's a DE and a regular. Okay. So let's talk about – he asked that maybe we could look at a couple uh, player values for a couple of second-year players and then maybe a couple of long-term targets. Now, you don't necessarily roster a whole lot of long-term targets in FFPC leagues because of the short rosters. So it will help out people who are playing in other formats where you do have deeper rosters, okay? Sure. So two names that – I'll bring up one name uh, right away, a second-year player that I know you were very high on last year. I believe that you drafted him in some Dynasty League last year. And – Kind of underwhelmed his rookie year. Kind of hurt right now, although he says he's been cleared for training camp. Browns receiver Corey Coleman. Now, his value 
How has it changed from his rookie year to now? Have you traded him in any of your leagues? Are you looking to sell him, or do you still believe that the cream will rise, as Tupacker likes to say? I have not. I think his value has dropped slightly, but really not that much, actually. And I, I'm, I'm buying a Corey Coleman. If I can get Corey Coleman for anything near a late first, early to mid-second, sometimes you, know, you might be able to get him for an early second. I don't think people are really dealing like as if he's a bust at this point yet, but... Uh, so if, you're, if you think that 2017 is going to be a rebuilding year for you, uh, you would trade your second-round pick if you get Corey Coleman for him? Um, yeah, I would look at doing that. And if you are looking to compete this year? I wouldn't trade future picks at all if I'm rebuilding, because that's stupid. But what if you get Corey Coleman? It's not like he's super old. Yeah, but I don't like to trade future picks if I'm rebuilding. Why are you trading away future picks if you're rebuilding? Because you're, you're trading away Coleman. all the good players. But, but, you're get, but you're getting Corey Coleman, a guy yeah. who went at, I was, was like okay, a 101 pick. He was the what? The 101 pick. He was not the 101 pick. He was like the 104, 105. Okay, well, even still. Well, that's a big difference. I mean, it's a big okay, difference. Okay, so let's know. say he was the 105. So you're getting him, a guy, a guy you still said you're buying. Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. I mean, I would consider that if that's my, if that's my sole choice to trade a future second and my team's rebuilding, sure, I would okay. do that. And if you're a team that is looking to maybe uh, cash in this year, trading your first-round pick next year for Corey Coleman this year would also be something that you would do. I don't know if I would do that. I, I mean, I would actually rather trade my second-round pick the following year for, like, fix and just try and win. Oh, play. really? Yeah. I mean, why not just I guess, try and just yeah. take a guy? Because Corey are... Coleman, like, you don't know what the hell he's going to do this year. Like, right. You know what? You're, you have a pretty darn good idea what Fitz is going to do this year. Yeah. Or you could say maybe is, like, uh, swap your – First for someone second and Gar- Garcon or something like that. That might be that yeah. might work for you. Or to just get that, that final piece. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're looking for a WR three, WR four, and you think Garcon's going to get a ton of targets, you give up your first for their second, and who knows? It might it might only be a difference of like you know three spots. You, yeah. You trade away the one twelve for his like two hundred three, and you're in good shape. Right. Um, now you have uh, you look at uh, um, a guy like Derrick Henry, uh, a guy who was drafted in the second round by Tennessee, the heir apparent behind DeMarco Murray there. Uh, last year we saw flashes of him, especially the second half of the season. So, it's so funny, by the way, the heir apparent in running back. What type, but, of, what type of dumbass team drafts a running back early like this? Right. After signing, like, it's, it's so stupid. Right. But anyway, it, worked, it worked out for him. They took a big step forward last year. But it didn't. They, they spent a second round pick on Henry when they had Murray. I don't, and, I don't and, know, now, and now they have Henry. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I, yeah, but that doesn't. First of all, we don't even know. We don't even know if Henry's good. Right now, you have Murray. Maybe Murray gets like 300 carries this year. You still don't know if Henry's good. Now he's having a third. I, year I think we know he's good. I mean, he, he he's per- reasonably productive. He he fared fairly well when given yeah. the opportunity yeah. last year. Um, so I just think that Mike Mike Malarkey remember he one running. Back. Mike Malarkey wanted to do the whole exotic smash mouth last year, or, you know, and that's and that's why he gets hit. And look, Murray and Henry both had really good years. Did you know, really good years. Yes. For as much opportunity as Henry got, he was very efficient with those touches. Well, that's a whole different statement, actually. Well, I that's don't a, think it you, is. You said really good year. Yes, he had a really good year. You said really good year and being efficient with touches. Those aren't the same thing, by the way. Not to me, they Efficient are. with touches is not the same as a really good year. Okay. Frank Gore had a really good year. Yeah, I don't know how he wasn't all that super efficient with his touches. I don't know if he had a really good year. He had a solid good year. Solid year. <laughs> He was all right. I, anyway, I like Derrick Henry as an overall football player. I don't like that the Titans organization, you know, are, they pissed away one year of Derrick Henry's career sitting on the bench of their team. Well, Good for you. Congratulations. You took away a year of this guy's career. He's only got he's a year older. We need to piss away another break here. High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
Final segment of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak coming at cha this uh, final weekend of July. So uh, fortunate to have you listening tonight. We were talking about some uh, some dynasty values of both Derrick Henry and Corey Coleman before the break. Let's uh, Derrick Henry with a massive seven point oh points per game. You have to you have to look at the opportunity he was given, <laughs> which was not a huge one. How did how did his last few games end up? Look look Here, at late in the five point seven seventeen point eight. 5.5 and 13.8. All right. Okay. I thought it was better than that, but he still had two doubles. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Let's just get to the raw numbers. 110 rushes, 490 yards, five touchdowns, 13 catches for 137, no touchdowns. So he averaged, I don't know, so he 4.9, then you divide that extra 10 carries. So like 4.7, 4.8 yards a carry. But almost 10 yards a catch. That's pretty impressive, actually, but he didn't have a ton of them. I'm not going to put you on the spot here. I'm, going to put, I'm not going to put myself on the spot either because I already have prepared answers to these. Long-term targets in Dynasty. Guys that you can get fairly cheap right now that could pay off big dividends down the road if you do have deep rosters. I'll give you two of mine. Running back, Elijah Hood from the Raiders. He's a guy that will not cost you much. And Again, there's a lot of fluidity in that Oakland running game. I can't believe that Marshawn Lynch is going to factor heavily into the 2018 plans for the Raiders. And behind Lynch, there's not a ton of guys there. So, I mean, there's not a ton of dominant guys there. There are a ton of guys there. Hood's one of them. So, he's a guy I would take a flyer on. And hearkening back to my cheesehead roots, I like Malachi Dupree as a guy who could pay off down the road. I don't believe that Jeff Janis is on the team next year. Malachi Dupree was a guy that uh, the Packers drafted late last year. A guy who, by the way, was projected as a first-round pick the year before last by, uh, I believe, Todd McShay had him as a first-rounder. So, and he went to LSU, which is not known for its quarterback play. You know who isn't known for their quarterback play in the NFL? Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers. Jordy Nelson will be a year older. I don't know how Randall Cobb, you know, factors into this. He's coming up at the end of his contract. Devontae Adams is in a contract here. So there's a lot of stuff going on with Green Bay right now. Malachi Dupree, with uh, some big plays this year, could carve out a role in that offense going forward. Those are my two, days. That's pretty deep. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, these are long-term, you know. Okay. You know what? Without any preparation, I would say Chad Williams in Arizona. Yeah, I know you like Chad Williams. I've drafted sure. him in like yeah. seven, six, seven, eight out of my eight dynasty leagues. He was really cheap, actually. I was getting him in the third and fourth round in a lot of in a lot of leagues. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's being tutored by Fitz. He's got the size and speed. And Fitz is almost for sure gone after this year. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, he's out of grambling. And he's, just, he's got a great size-speed combination. I like Chad Williams a lot. I think he's probably not, still not that expensive. If you're trying to trade for him, you might be able to get him as a throw-in somewhere else. Um, I, I don't trust Le'Veon Bell, so I like James Conner. Yeah, I like Conner, too. Conner's another guy that I, I would agree with you on. Yeah, so Bell's contract is almost, what is it? Who knows? There's always something going on. What are they trying to sign a long-term deal, franchise, whatever, blah, blah, blah. There's a controversy there. I don't really care. All I know is there's a decent chance that they're going to stick with Le'Veon Bell, and they could get rid of him. And uh, Conner, you know, he's worth a shot. He's not that expensive. He's third-round pick. And if nothing else, uh, you can always have the backup developed. Hood, Dupree, Connor, Williams. Those are guys I would look at, and uh, hopefully we helped you out. That is going to do it for the show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank Evan Silva. I want to thank the FFPC, Rob, our mutual friend and producer, Bryce, our audio engineer, and, of course, you for listening once again. I want to remind everybody to make your Planet Hollywood reservation, sign up for the main event, draft with the uh, best balls, dynasties, and the Football Guys Players Championship drafts. We have going on right now at MyFFPC.com. We will be back next Friday. However, we'll be back before that. Sunday night, 8, 7, oh, Central. Really? Pros versus Joes, I number got, four. Got, got, the pros got, led by Sigmund Bloom, Matt Kelly, Mike Tagliere, the Joes, Zach Jarose, 
Shane Gray and Jeff Howell all be on there. Mike Blewett and uh, George Kurtz will be up next on the Roto Expert Show if you are listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network feed. We will be back Sunday night uh, to get some interviews and live draft coverage. It's going to be a lot of stuff that everybody loves, which is why you tuned into the show, and I thank you for doing that. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Tim again, the sound of engine, and it's like a bird. You see fireworks and Corvette tire skirts, the boulevard. I know how you work, I know just who you are. See, use it, use it, use it, bitch, yo, I'm on Sally Switch.